You are listening to Spot On, a health and wellness podcast that breaks through the latest media headlines to provide you with accurate and usable information that is, well, spot on, spot on to meet your needs. I am your host, Dr. Joan Salji Blake, a nutrition professor at Boston University and the author of the college textbook called Nutrition and You, which is used in colleges across the United States and abroad. Hello, Spot On listeners. Even though September is National Fruit and Vegetable Month, I found out that over 60% of college students aren't eating the recommended amount of Mother Nature's finest on a daily basis. Another survey said that the age group that is the worst, of course, is this 18 to young adult age group. So let's go to the street and find out how college students are incorporating fruits and vegetables in their diets. I love cut apples with Nutella. That's fire. Also, I like doing a little tuna. You cut up some canned tuna, cut up some celery, maybe some carrots, some relish in there. I'll make Brussels sprouts a lot because I like Brussels sprouts and I'll put bok choy and stuff into my ramen because I like ramen. So I really like adding vegetables to different dishes I make like omelets and burritos and quesadillas and then I love eating fruit salad sometimes I have a little bit of fruit with my yogurt I put it in things that I know I like like I um, won't eat carrots on its own but I'll eat it with hummus I really like eating frozen veggies they don't go bad nearly as fast as fresh vegetables and they're super easy like frozen cauliflower sometimes it's hard to eat enough I wanted to bring on an expert because I wanted to figure out why is this? Why are they falling short? And, you know, some of the reasons include that that, that uh, young adults don't, don't know how to incorporate produce uh, in the daily diet. But also the media headlines about where their food comes from and if it's safe is off, often confused. So they're confused on both levels here. So what I did today, uh, I brought in a special guest that I got two for the price of one. On my guest today is Elizabeth Watkins. She is better known as the farm girl chef. Already I'm intrigued. And she is um, an agricultural educator and recipe developer. But she really gets it from both ends. She comes from Linden, California, and she's the winner, get ready for this, of the Food Network's Chopped Junior Okay, and that was an event that she entered and won. I'm going to ask her about that. And she's a current sophomore at the Universities of Nevada in Reno. And really, you know, what Elizabeth is is trying to help us do is she grew up on a sixth-generation family farm and has gone on to acquire culinary skills. So she's trying to put this together to help the public. And being a college student herself, she gets where you are on on campus in your young life. And really her goal is to reconnect consumers to where their food comes from and also how to cook it. And she's been all over the media. She has been on local TV and radio, so she's all over the place. But she is a currently going to be a sophomore at the University uh, of Nevada. And I want to start off, before we started the segment here, we had a really funny, funny laugh. 
because uh, she was telling us what happened in her freshman year. So first, let me welcome the, the farm girl, Shep, to spot on, and she can tell us the backstory. So uh, Elizabeth, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me on today. I know, I can't wait because you know something, uh, I, this sounds like two segments and I would have had to book, you know, book two different guests and I got two for the price of one. But before we start, this is such an interesting story. So can you tell everybody what happened in the freshman year at the University of Nevada? So about a month before I was set to move into my dorm room to start college, um, some maintenance was happening on one of the dorm rooms, and it ended up exploding. <clears throat> um, luckily, no one was injured, but it took out the complete side off of two of the dorm rooms and left it fully exposed. So they had 1,400 students with no place to live, and they moved us into Circus Circus, a casino. So I lived in a hotel room all the way up until COVID hit, and I was sent home. So such an interesting freshman year. I hope not very many other people had to experience um, going down to the second floor and being able to gamble and uh, the potential health impacts of COVID-19. Okay, my dear, that takes the cake. Years from now, you're going to say I spent part of my freshman year in college in a casino. All right, so besides your freshman year, how did you become this farm girl chef, you know, and what's the whole passion behind this? So like you mentioned, I'm a sixth generation cattle rancher and farmer in Linden, California. It's part of the Central Valley and my family grows walnuts, almonds or almonds, peaches, cherries, and we have hay and beef cattle. So I always grew up around food and that was the center of my life, growing the food, cooking the food, and eating the food. And through 4-H, I acquired culinary school skills and I started doing local television in Sacramento and I would go on in boots, jeans, a belt buckle, and a cowboy shirt and just my outfit ended up naming me the farm girl and so I turned that into a business called Farm Girl Chef. We have a picture of her in the whole getup, uh, like a, a farm girl getup with the boots and everything. In fact, she was on the cover. What magazine were you on the cover of, Elizabeth? It was called Her Life Magazine. It's a local magazine for the Central Valley. I was the woman in ag for 2019. Yeah. Well, it looks like she just got off a horse. So we're going to put up the picture of her and the entire article. And kudos to you, my dear. First of all, I'm not going to disclose how old I am, but I have never been on the cover of a magazine, which is annoying. But anyway, so tell me about the whole Junior Chop on the Food Network. How did that all come about? So I, in 4-H, took cooking classes and then was competing through the California State Fair and 4-H doing cooking throwdowns, really similar to a chop-style competition, and I kept winning. And then I ended up judging the contest. I, I was watching Chopped one day, and I said, I, I could do better than that. Who puts frisee into a hot sauce? That's a salad ingredient. <laughs> so I applied without my parents knowing to the casting call, Went through the casting process. Of course, my parents finally figured it out when the Food Network called. Um, and I went off to New York City 
And the whole process took three days to film because child labor laws. But the actual competition from start to finish takes 10 hours to film. So that was one day. And I was really calm. I have a a calm demeanor. I'm cool and collected. So it wasn't nerve wracking for me. And actually I finished early on every single round. It's just the magic TV editing that makes it look like you're pushed for time and and not going to make it. But it was an amazing experience. I filmed in August and it didn't air until November and I couldn't tell, you know, my friends or my family how I did until it aired. And then I started doing more local television and I consider myself now kind of a a broadcaster for the agriculture industry and using my culinary skills and my love for cooking to bring the two together. I'm speechless because at your age to have accomplished all that, that is absolutely fabulous. So here you are. We're going to tap into your both sides of your brain, the culinary and the ag part. So let's start. You know, we've talked about this all the time. Fruits and vegetables, you cannot go wrong with Mother Nature. I mean, they help everything from your heart to your waist. And it's so sad that we're not getting enough. And it's not just young people not getting enough. Uh, older people are, are, are every, the whole life cycle is not getting enough. So can you give us some really fun new ways to get fruits and vegetables throughout the day? And let's start with breakfast. What do you recommend? Yeah, well, before we kind of get into ways to to eat more fruits and vegetables, I just want to put it out there that because I have a background of growing the food and the seasons constantly change around me, like for instance, this week we started picking peaches and, you know, next week we might have some pears and start to have some apples. The way that I like to eat is to eat seasonally. And I think if you struggle with eating fruits and vegetables, if you stick to what's in season, you'll be more successful into incorporating more variety and the willingness to eat them because you're eating them at their peak ripeness or peak potential so they have more flavor and the seasons constantly change so if you just eat zucchini for the six or eight weeks that it's in season and then you move on to broccoli or spinach you're constantly rotating your diet and switching things up and making it more fun now with that said for breakfast it's always hard to get vegetables in and I'm a huge smoothie person so a handful of spinach into your smoothie Number one, you can't taste it. Number two, if you're using, you know, strawberries or cherries or blueberries, you can't even see it. So if you're cooking for little ones and want to get some more nutrients in there and and uh, branch out some of their vegetables that they eat, it's a great way to do that. I also love to put sun-dried tomatoes in my eggs. Mm. If I'm doing scrambled eggs, even a baked egg in the oven. And put some sun-dried tomatoes on there. It's so good. I have put sliced tomatoes, but you're right. Sun-dried tomatoes just have that flavor. And oftentimes they're seasoned with a little bit of olive oil. So that would be phenomenal in eggs. Exactly. They have that umami flavor, which is new. the new, you know, fifth flavor that is also included in mushrooms and Worcestershire sauce and soy sauce. So, so it really does change the fr- flavor profile of your dishes. That's great. So smoothies and adding tomatoes. You know what I love when someone else makes me an omelet. So in the case of college students, somebody in the dorm may be doing that. Then you can just throw in all those vegetables. Exactly. And 
Eggs are a complete protein and you can add those fruits and vegetables to your eggs and cook them in the microwave. I had a little egg maker and on the weekends, instead of trekking all the way across the freeway from where my um, university was in the dining hall from my casino, I would make eggs in the microwave and I kept um, sun-dried tomatoes in my room and that would just gave it a little bit more flavor. Elizabeth, why didn't you get room service? (laughs) (laughs) What about lunch? So lunchtime always seems like you're on the go. And I find that if you have some fruits and vegetables ready to go, you don't have to think about it. You know, if you're short on time, you need some nutrition really quick because you've had a morning packed full of classes, having even baby carrots that are pre sliced the skins are already peeled off it makes the choice to eat them a lot simpler and I would go to the grocery store and buy a pound of baby carrots and keep it in my mini fridge and maybe instead of grabbing some chips I would go for those carrots I also love pickles that's Mm. kind of a weird obsession but I will just go and eat a pickle spear for a little quick snack but another thing that is so good and really unique is gorbanzo beans and um, air fryers are really popular so you can cook them season them with a little olive oil you could do a mixture of like taco seasoning spices or barbecue or just salt and pepper and roast them you can do them in the air fryer you can do them in an oven even a toaster oven will work they are crunchy they are protein packed and sometimes i even sprinkle them on avocado toast oh that's really good i love avocado toast you know you can buy those uh dry crunchy uh chickpeas already made there's a lot of brands now there is there is i just find that um i enjoy to obviously cook so i make a lot of my own food and then as a college student, you're on your budget and you're watching how you're spending your money. And for me, if I can do something quick and simple like that with just a few ingredients, it's well worth my time. Right. You know, dinner is easier. Typically, that's where the uh, most vegetables come from, you know, or you get them at dinner time. What people do is they make the mistake and wait until they get vegetables at dinner and then they can't fulfill the minimum, you know, two and a half cups they should have in a day. So, you know, making sure you get them at breakfast and lunch is going to be good but dinner is probably the easier especially if you're in a dorm but if you're not eating in a dorm um, dining hall what are some easy ways to get vegetables on the dinner plate well if you are going for an easy quick fuel to keep you through studying I always love to add either freshly sliced apples or pears to a grilled cheese because it adds sweetness. It's a grown-up grilled cheese and you're sneaking in a serving of fruit. If you are cooking something, uh, maybe you're making burrito bowls and you're using a ground protein like beef or chicken or pork, you can not only stretch your protein, so getting more servings for your dollar and add more vegetables by throwing in some cauliflower rice. I'm a huge fan of cauliflower rice and I know it's so hyped up, but it is 
it, it practically disappears when you add it to your protein. And I'm not talking about, you know, 50-50. Even if you just add a half of a cup or a cup to a pound of ground protein, it makes a world of difference. And think of how many more vegetables you can get in without even feeling like you're eating vegetables. I don't like to sit down and be like, mm, I didn't get my five servings of fruits and vegetables in today. So I'm going to have to sit here and eat an entire bowl of raw broccoli and ranch to make sure that I meet my needs, right? But if you incorporate one to two vegetables or fruits into every meal, it makes it so much easier to reach that goal. And I don't like to think of it as forcing myself or feeling obligated to eat those fruits and vegetables, but changing my mentality to incorporate them into a meal that I'm already cooking. So by adding that cauliflower rice, by adding those sun-dried tomatoes for flavor, but also to get those fruits and vegetables in in the morning. I mean, I'm highlighting all these ideas for the fruit and veggie month but these are things that you can do do year round and as the seasons change new vegetables come in you can constantly switch up what you're eating and how you're preparing it you know i love the cauliflower rice elizabeth when that first came out that was wicked expensive it was really now so many other companies are making it and they're making the frozen that can just be microwaved you know and, and heat up that it's really much more affordable than when it first came out so i love that cauliflower rice snacks especially uh, portable snacks well as a daughter of a nut farmer I always go to nuts specifically walnuts and almonds in the central valley we call them almonds because to harvest nuts you use a shaker and you shake the nuts off the tree and so the l pops out of it so we call them almonds when they're off the tree and almonds when they're on the tree just a little fun um, to okay that's, there. that's like a jeopardy question if we ever go on jeopardy <laughs> we're gonna like win Okay, that's it. Give me Jeopardy. Nuts for 500. Go ahead. Yeah, so keeping nuts and dried fruit. I absolutely love dried fruit in my backpack or my purse because I can put it in there on Sunday night or Monday. And if I don't get or if I don't need a snack or don't get to eating my snack until Friday or even the next week, I don't have to worry about it either getting bruised and going bad, rotting, and it doesn't get crushed at least not as easily. So sun-dried fruits are so good for you. They have just as much, um, just about as much nutrients as the fresh stuff. And nuts, I love nuts. I eat nuts every single day. Good for you. Good for you. You know, what What we're going to do is we are going to do a top 10 for um, farm girl chefs here, uh, best ways to get fruits and vegetables. And uh, we are going to post it on the Facebook, spot uh, on Facebook page. So you'll have something for a reference. And if you want another really, really good reference, the Produce for Better Health Foundation has a website and they have a campaign, hashtag have a plant. And this is a fabulous, fabulous website. We're going to put this up on the spot on Facebook page. Uh, also with tips and recipes. I mean, it's endless. It's unbelievable. And of course, the pictures of the food are all gorgeous. So um, all through the month, we're going to be uh, tweeting and posting on social media, uh, hashtag have a plant. And in fact, if you have a snack idea or a fruit and vegetable idea, tweet it out or put it on our Instagram page with your ideas. So with that, I'm going to flip it over. So take off your chef hat, all right? Now put on the farmer hat. 
All right? So I want to okay. shift. Okay, good. All right. So now I want you to weigh in some hot issues because this is so much misinformation about agriculture out there that scares a lot of people, which is really annoying. So we're going to do myth or fact. So we're going to do a speed round. Ready? Myth or fact. So I'm going to make a statement, and you're going to tell me if it's a myth or a fact and why. Okay, the first one. Farmers are rich and they're uneducated. Oh, I'm cringing. Myth. So according to American Farm Bureau, farmers only receive 15 cents out of every dollar spent on food that's eaten in the home and outside of the home. So 15 cents. Less than a quarter. Less than a quarter. Consumers don't always realize what goes into growing their food and where it's grown. Just to think about this really quickly, we grow the food, then we have to have someone pick the food, put it on the trailer, take it to the packing shed where it's processed, washed, packed. Someone else drives it to the grocery store and that's where you purchase it. So there's a lot of components and the majority of agriculturalists and farmers do have degrees from colleges and universities. I mean, that is a degree in agriculture. I mean, that and that is a hard degree. It's science-based. Yep, it is science-based. Yes. So that's why you don't spend a lot of time gambling in the casino because you're too busy studying all that science for your Exactly. Okay, the second one. Ready? Myth or fact, organic fruits and vegetables are healthier for you than traditionally grown. This is also a myth. Mm. Um, I could go on for several minutes, but to keep this short, sometimes consumers get confused with organic or conventional in the fact that they can't use pesticides. And pesticides is an overarching term for herbicides, insecticides, and fungicides. But organic fruits and vegetables can be uh, produced with a list of approved pesticides. So the nutrition isn't different and they're still using pesticides. Right. And you know, it's called a pest. And if we don't do something about the pest, the pest will eat your crop. Not to mention that we can't produce the crop yields. And so it's going to take more land with less resources to produce the same amount of food. And you know, farmers feed us. And we got to remember that, you know, hashtag hug a farmer. The third one, farmers use iPads and other technology to farm. Fact. On my family's operation, we have GPS systems installed in the tractors that help us map out our fields. We've used drones before, and we have an irrigation system that my dad can turn on and off at the touch of a button on his iPhone. So that makes, you know, that makes his farming more sustainable. He's not watering the whole farm. He's maybe just watering the place that needs it, or he's just putting fertilizer uh, or pesticides on that needs it. So in other words, he is being stingy with his resources, and he's uh, loving Mother Earth. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, that's interesting how technology has changed farming. Okay, non-organic milk may contain hormones. Okay, so this is a myth. Cows naturally produce hormones and we drink that milk, whether it's conventional, non-organic, or organic, but the hormones in the milk don't affect humans. And what organic milk is, uh, the marketing term, 
says that the milk has, the animals have not been treated with antibiotics, which even in conventional milk, if we, if the animal is sick, like humans, you know, we give it medicine and antibiotics. There's a withdrawal period. And so it might be 30 or 60 days. Sometimes it's 14 days. And that milk, we track the cows and that milk is dumped. So there's no chance that you will ever have antibiotics in any milk in the U.S. dairy um, system. But conventional milk, most often it it says on the bottle, from cows not treated with RBST, which is a growth hormone. But even cows that do have RBST, it hasn't been proven to negatively affect our health. So milk naturally contains hormones. They don't affect the humans. So next time you buy cow's milk or goat's milk, just think about that. Yeah, and that's a natural hormone that they have. And you know, when they say no antibiotics, well, you know something, if you had a dog and the dog got a, a virus or a bacterial infection, you'd give the dog your pet antibiotics. So I think a lot of people don't realize that cows is like your pets. I mean, for a farmer. And you're not going to see a, a cow hurting. So they need antibiotics. But that's good for you to know that they dump the milk. And then the next milk can go around when that's not, you know, no longer in the system. They use the milk. So good for them. Last one. GMO foods are safe to eat. Myth or fact? That is a fact. So we have um, GMOs and they're used to control weeds, disease, and insects. And so the top, um, the 10 GMOs that are approved, GMO stands for genetically modified organism, are corn, soybean, cotton, potato, papaya, summer squash, canola, alfalfa, apple, and sugar beets. So GMOs do not alter the human's DNA when we consume them. But again, they are there so that the farmer can control the weeds, disease, and insects using less pesticides. We can grow more on less land and use less resources. You know, that's so funny because the people that are against GMOs are the people that don't want to use pesticides. Well, it, you know, if you do GMOs and they're bred so that to fight and actually fight the pesticide, the pest, you need less pesticides. It's kind of like, you know, this this, uh, you know, going around and around. But I think that's people need to understand there's only 10 foods that, that have potentially could have uh, be genetically modified. So be careful because when you see, gee, these oranges are non-GMO. Well, they were never GMO. And, and that's, exactly. that's the part that makes me crazy in the food store uh, when, when they, yes, of course they're non-GMO because they would never be GMO. Oh, by the way, this water is non-GMO, you know? So you, you get, one's got to be really careful and be educated to, to, to understand that really, really the A, they're not dangerous. They actually help the farmer do uh, less pesticides to control and get more food and more yield so we can be fed. And don't pay extra for um, words that are meaningless. This is just absolutely terrific. I, my farm girlfriend, you are now my new farm girl girlfriend, and Elizabeth Watkins, this is super. We're going to put her tips up on the spot on Facebook page. We're going to put the, the magazine that she was on the cover of in the article. And we are finding, we are finding that um, Food Network tape where you won the Chop Junior, because I can't wait to see this. I cannot thank you, Farm Girl Chef, so, so much for bringing your culinary wisdom, but more importantly, your farming wisdom to everybody, well, the listeners here on Spot On. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and you can always follow me on social media at The Farm Girl Chef. 
Spot On is supported by the Boston University Sargent College's Master of Science degree in Nutrition program. Log on to bu.edu to learn more about this fabulous nutrition graduate program. Thank you for listening to Spot On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This way you'll get every new episode every week. And by the way, leave us a nice review. And can you also like us on our Spot On Facebook page and suggest topics for future episodes? Please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Joan Salgy Blake. And oh, by the way, can you send this episode to five of your friends? Do I ask a lot of you?